Raver, and I'm sure you all noticed our brand new intro Woo! by our very good friend who we have here with us today for our episode. His name is Andrew, or his producer name as we like to call him, Andrax. Andrax. Welcome so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, silence. I kind of like that. Welcome so much. <laughs> I feel so welcomed. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited for this episode and happy to have put together that intro for you too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went back and forth. We told him our vision and he executed it flawlessly, mm -hmm. I would say. I tried my best. <laughs> so, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into producing, how you got into the rave scene. Sure. Absolutely. My name is Andrew, producer name Andrax, um, born and raised in Pittsburgh. Nice. Um, and grew up in a small town near the airport of Pittsburgh close to Robert Morris University. Mm -hmm. um, I started learning music from an early age. My mom was a musical therapy teacher. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she went to school for uh, her bachelor's in music therapy. And so at the age of seven, she started teaching me piano and stuff like that. And uh, I kind of just took it from there. I was really uh, intrigued by the emotion that you can evoke by playing music and the enjoyment that you can get out of stuff like that. And then, um, Moving on to college and stuff like that, I started getting into more electronic music. And what intrigued me about that was the technical aspect behind how it was made, how the software is put together, how you know you edit things going into the computer to make mm -hmm. it sound electronic coming out. Yeah, how mm -hmm. random sounds can turn into music. Exactly. And it can be done and by anyone. How you can manipulate it mm -hmm. to sound a certain way. So um, the way that I got into producing was I just looked on YouTube for tutorial videos and saw that it was things that people that from their bedroom can make all these really cool music from people like Skrillex started mm -hmm. out in the, you know, building up the dubstep scene and, uh, the technology that you can buy, anybody could really do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just took to the online and did some research, uh, looked up the technology that I needed, you know, good running computer. Um, so basic software and all that and just started learning off of YouTube and um, one of the biggest parts that I've been trying to hold on to is making music that I enjoy mm -hmm. and the, how I get the most enjoyment out of it and making things that I want to create. So. Yeah, that's I love cool. that. Yeah. yeah, especially since you know there are trends often in the music community of what gets popular and things like that so it is really special when you find something that you really like to stick to what makes you happy and not mm -hmm. so much try to adapt to what the scene is doing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's key to loving what you do and continuing to love what you do. Right. Because if you fall into that trap almost of always staying to just what's relevant or what's popular at the time, then you can end up pretty unhappy. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I think um, an important part of getting yourself noticed in the music scene is being unique mm -hmm. and doing things that um, catch the listener's ear that you mm -hmm. wouldn't normally expect. I mean, yeah. a lot of times now you're seeing um, producers do all these really crazy sounds and they're building into these own genres and subgenres like color bass, 
um, you know, house, techno, mm-hmm. heavy dubstep, tear out, all those different genres are a product of people trying new things mm-hmm. and being unique. Mm-hmm. And so when you're not making things for your own enjoyment, you're not experimenting and trying things out, you're just going to fall in behind and blend in with everybody else that's doing the same exact thing. Yeah. So I think that's important. And it's also a fine line of also making sure it's something that your audience is going to enjoy while at the same time you yourself are enjoying it. But if you lose that, then you know, you're just going to fall back into the crowd with everybody else. I feel like it's a common theme on here that we talk about how much music does evoke emotion. And you said that for you too, even from a young age. So it is really important if you know, you're making music that it's something that evokes the emotion out of you. Otherwise it's mm-hmm. just like another regular job and it's not as special as music can be and makes people feel. Exactly. Exactly. How would you describe your sound? And how did you find it? So I would probably say that um, I'm still searching for it because I, I have experimented with many genres. I've been doing stuff with orchestral libraries, like adding string instruments to my Love music, um, you know, acoustic pianos or guitars. And it's, what's funny is actually that's where I began before doing electronic music. I started out recording my guitar. Um, and there's really cool technology, virtual amplifiers and plugins that you don't need a real amplifier for and all these things that you normally need to go to a studio for. You can do all these things in your bedroom, um, off of your computer by yourself. Um, I really just didn't hone in on the quality that I was hearing in metal records. And I started dabbling in the electronic music scene, uh, trying to make that because the clarity that you get out of samples that you can you know, buy online. You can buy sample packs and manipulate them, but the quality that you get is much easier to achieve a higher quality than recording my own music. Mm-hmm. Um, so the electronic clarity and sonic clarity that you can get out of the electronic music, I really caught my ear. Everything's really clean um, and it's really powerful. Making a build up and mm-hmm. like you said, all those different emotions that you can evoke out of, you know, electronic music and all these really interesting th- sounds that you can bring into it is really cool. Um, but for my sound, I would say that I'm still searching for it. But I'd say it's borderline um, color base, uh, you know, mixed with like a melodic tonality. And that's one of the subgenres that now that's becoming popular and kind of going back to. I don't kind of want to pursue that just because that's what's becoming popular, but I want to make it because it's something I want to make. Yeah. But I also do have a love for the heavy dubstep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, we forgot to mention that at the end of this episode, we're going to be playing Andrew's brand new tune. Oh, yeah. So you'll get to hear a little bit of his style. Also, you know, when it comes to style and sound, that's also always going to be evolving for you. So even when you find something that you love, like, it's always going to evolve. The more you do, the Mm -hmm. more interesting things you're going to find and the more it's going to change. So Yeah, absolutely. And in case anyone's unfamiliar, can you tell us a little bit more about what color base is? Sure. Uh, so color bass is, um, I'd say it's more the melodic side of dubstep, but it's also mixing um, the heavy elements of dubstep with melodic tonalities. Um, so dubstep that you're used to hearing too, I could name a few artists like Excision, mm-hmm. Sullivan King, um, you know, Sudden Death, um, who has a own little own flavor of himself, Sudden Death for sure, has a more darker, mm-hmm. you know, demon-y, spooky oh, yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, color base are from artists like Chime, Ace Aura, um, Oliver's almost is what many would can say some of the founder, um, artists of color base, but it's basically taking heavy dubstep bases and then you're layering the dubstep bases with melodic, uh, content and adding chords, 
colorful chords and a lot of people like Asora, um, he'll add marembas even into it to add sparkly textures Ooh, over electronic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really, when you hear it, you can, it sounds like what it is. Like it yeah. sounds like color bass and exactly. it's weird, you know? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into the EDM scene? Maybe your first show and what you felt at your first show? Sure. Kind of how that's changed over the years? Yeah. My girlfriend was in the electronic scene before I was, because mm-hmm. um, I was still heavily, deeply into metal during my college years. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a concert by Feed Me, the artist that we went to, and I bought tickets for us to go. And we went and we were a front row on the rail, and wow. it was such a new experience, Ooh. like being oh, in the dark on the rail. The- very nice. Front row, being in the dark ambient lighting and all Where that. Where was it? Um, it was actually at the Altar Bar in Pittsburgh, which is now closed. Oh. It was down in the Strip uh, many years ago, probably seven or eight years ago. I think it closed oh, cool. somewhere around there. Cause it was right after we had started dating. But she really enjoyed it, and she was still kind of in the electronic music scene. So we just kind of mutually started listening to electronic music while we were in the car together on trips. And as the genres have evolved over the years... Um, I just, we have really gotten into it. And, um, two years ago we went to, um, one of the big festivals that happened, Lost Lines. That was my first big electronic music festival. And that was such a great time. And it just really have taken to that electronic music scene so much and going forward. And now I'm making it. Now you're going to be taking over it. (laughs) That's the dream. So tell us, what is your dubstep dream? My dubstep dream. Uh, so I'd have to say... I feel kind of behind in the scene because I, I am older. I'm 25 years old and I actually went to school for accounting and finance and that's actually my current day job. And I kind of shied away from a musical career through college because I always had the fear of not being able to be financially independent, not having my own income to support a future family or you know things that I want to be able to afford. And being in the music industry is very difficult to make money because it's so saturated with so many different artists. But there's a lot of different avenues if you're successful to make money doing it. I wasn't that confident at that time. So I went to school for accounting and business, hopefully in the future being able to transition into some kind of business involved with music. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had like a studio or something where I could have artists come in and I'll mix their music for them and make money that way. Um, and now as I've begun developing my own music for myself, I'm, I'm seeing more and more a dream that I want to achieve that I'm, you know, impacting people through my music. And because I have financial independence through my current job, I'm not relying on music as a career to make money. So I think it'd be really special even for me just to put out some music that I could have a small following for and then grow as there and see where it goes. But again, keeping that where I'm making music I want to make and having people be inspired by music I'm making. But obviously the ultimate dream would be playing on the big stages with all the big artists like Lost Lands and all that kind of um, fun stuff that you can get involved with. That's so awesome. Also, I don't think you're ever really, you know, behind in anything. There are DJs who are huge now that didn't even start making music Mm -hmm. until their late 20s, 30s. Well, what I was gonna say immediately, BTSM, they, I know Julian, he was kind of same boat. He Mm -hmm. literally went to law school, he was a lawyer, pursued this on the side, you know, late hours at night, early in the morning, and now, now they have that dream, so. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like it could be anyone. I, yeah. And I think what you hit on is, like, once you have the confidence, I think that's where it begins. You need to be able to envision yourself and know anyone's capable of it. As long as you believe in yourself, then it will happen. It's just a matter of 
when. Yes. Yeah, true. And also the aspect that's um, really important, I think, for anybody pursuing a career in the music industry is to be able to make sure you have the financial independence to invest in um, the resources that you need. You know, you need to be able to have, you know, a good working computer, you need to have software, and um, but there's a lot of good free software that you can utilize too, but um, more importantly than that is having the dedication to put in the hours to do it, because it takes a long you know, time to be able to develop an ear for the music of how things are going to sound. And I think for me, I'm, I'm just even more recently getting to where I can put my music up against some of the bigger artists and feel confident in what I've made. Mm -hmm. Even if it's 60 to 70% close to what they have, I feel confident in what I'm making that it sounds good and it's going to please, you know, the audience while also pleasing myself. So I just think continuing to grow my knowledge and, um, I hear, many producers who have been producing for many decade, decades even, like um, uh, Excision even, you know, he's always be learning, always be wanting to learn new things. And as the sound evolves and technology evolves, there's new things that are going to come out that are going to be able to enhance your sound in many ways. And you just always have to be learning and yeah, his sound has definitely changed over the years. And I also think it's so hard for so many people that want to make music. They're scared because I feel like we're all, we're all like so often taught that you kind of have to go a certain route and you have sure. to go a very like normal kind of traditional route, but you don't. You can be unconventional if that's what you're really, really passionate about. And I just think it's hard to break out of that mindset. But if you do that and pursue something that's really, really special to you, that can be so magical, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I heard somebody say it the other day on another podcast, actually, they said, if you're not it was like, you're not learning unless you're not sucking or something like that. If you're not sucking, then you're not learning. Because nobody starts out making great tunes. My first track or two was absolutely horrendous. But I was proud of it because it was something that I made. Yeah. And I think that's something really special. And that feeling that you feel motivates you to keep wanting to learn and always wanting to get better at that. But yeah, if you're not doing bad when you start out, then you're not learning because you're not trying new things, pushing your comfort zone. and trying to achieve new things with your sound. And I think you had a few couple important things that reminded me of like, you're right. Like everything at first probably is going to suck. Like that's just how it is. No exactly. one's born a prodigy, but I think the most important thing is literally just starting because a lot of people wait for like the right time until they have all the right resources, but you just got to start and the learning comes along the way. Mm -hmm. And also I think it is important that you said, you know, you do have to have that practical mindset of how to make your dreams happen. And I think a lot of times people push the idea that, you know, if it's not your plan A, if it's your plan B, then like it's really not your dream. But no, I think it's really fair to pursue, you know, another career. Like you said, like you have your business degree in accounting and you can merge those two in the future, but you have the means to achieve your dream. And it's not like it's a plan B or like there's a certain order. It's like you're making them both happen at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes people like critique other people and they're like, well, if you're not pursuing 100%, is it your dream? But... I think they can coexist. Definitely. Yeah, sure. For sure. So taking into account that practical aspect of producing, what would be your advice to someone who's just starting out? That's a good question. Um, I know for me what worked was utilizing resources that are free. Um, there's so much knowledge that you can gain on YouTube with anything. Uh, I love any <laughs> any field, you know, you can utilize so much knowledge um, from there to learn something, specifically for music. Um, you could look up how to get started on producing, how to make, you know, my first track or something like that. There will be hundreds of videos that you can use and it will be really down to the basics. 
Um, so that's how I started. Um, from my knowledge that I've gained from that, I would say that you need to have the, number one, ambition to pursue that. Um, before you invest in anything, you need to be willing to put the time in and uh, being able to invest a little bit of money into it. Not a whole lot, but you can get started with just a you know basic laptop, um, going in a little bit more technical aspects. Um, just research laptops that can handle music production and look at some of the specs on some of the computers. It can be a laptop or a desktop. And then the other thing that you would need is an audio interface. Um, there's really cheap ones by the company Focusrite. And you can buy them for around $90, $100. And basically what those are, they're an external sound card that you can plug into your computer, um, depending on if you're using speakers to monitor your sound, or you can just use headphones. The other thing you need is a digital audio workstation, uh, which is basically your software that you're going to be writing and creating your music in. Um, there's different programs like um, Fruity Loops, uh, which is also known as FL Studios. And, Wait, I never knew it was called Fruity Loops. Yeah, maybe I should have said, I should have said it the other way around. <laughs> but is yeah. the real name Fruity Loops? It's FL Studios. Why Studio. don't we call it that? Not FL Studios. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, I use Fruity Loops. Yeah, yeah FL Studio is one uh, DAW that a lot of people uh, like to use. And DAW stands for Digital Audio Workstation. Uh, another one is Ableton, which is probably something that... That's the one you have, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the one that I personally use as well. And it, I really like the interface. It's really um, intuitive. And um, I like the colors that you can make in all the tracks. That's what I was just thinking too. I was like, it's so pretty to look yeah. at. <laughs> you can organize all your tracks and everything you by color. Colors? Yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> all colors of the rainbow too. Nice. We love that. It's a nice way to keep things organized. And um, another one's like Reaper. And uh, if, you have, if you're on Mac, you either have Pro Tools or Studio One. Um, those different um, programs that you can have. But you just need that and then an open mind to try new things. And again, just being willing to put your time into learning how to do things and utilizing the free resources available on YouTube to learn how to make sounds. And I'd also say that following people on um, video sharing websites like Twitch, if you follow some of your favorite producers, if there's producers that you like or that you want to create music like, you can look up on YouTube how to make music like X producer or Y producer. And just being able to be a fly on the wall and watch people that know what they're doing can really help you know you learn how to do a lot of new stuff looking back at yourself when you began producing what is one thing you wish you knew then that you know now the one thing that i wish i knew back then mm -hmm. that i know now is um i would say it's more of a feeling of not being so hard on myself to be so critical of the work that i'm you know making you're your own worst critic and everything and i was so hard on myself in the beginning you know like i said the first few songs that i made were terrible and I beat myself into the ground about how terrible they were. And I was just always like, am I ever going to get better? Is it ever going to do this? And I think it, I could have pushed myself harder in the beginning if I wasn't so hard on myself to actually put out music and stop waiting until I had the perfect mix down. Or if I stopped waiting until I had the perfect melody. I wish that was the thing that I knew back when I started that I know now. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I feel like that's good advice for anybody starting anything, really. Because you're right, you are your own worst critic in everything. And even with something like flow, every video I take, I, Steph knows, I literally will take the same video like 20 times trying to get it right. And they all look exactly the same to everybody who's not me. Mm -hmm. But I see all the differences and I see all the mistakes and nobody else does. And you just have to be gentle with yourself and be like, you're still like, you're still killing it and whatever you're doing. And it's all a learning curve and a learning process. And 
you know, you see all the flaws that other people don't see. Yes, exactly. And I think recently something I've really tried to accept in all areas of life is having that quote growth mindset and just knowing that you can literally learn from every single thing that you've done instead of looking back at something and saying, wow, this was awful. Saying, I created that all by myself. I learned X, Y, Z. The next thing I create is going to be even better. And if it's not, then I'm going to still be continuing to learn until it does. And kind of relating to what you said about like flow, when I look back at like my first YouTube videos, they're awful. So I thought I was elated. (laughs) But you know, you keep getting better and better and grow more confident and see what you like and figure things out. And that's just why it's so key to just start. And like you said, not waiting until you have quote, the perfect whatever, because you're never going to have the perfect thing. You're always going to be growing and learning. Exactly. And I think having benchmarks to see your growth too. Like I have old tunes that I created that I look back on and be like, wow, this was terrible. But this is what I'm making today. Mm-hmm. You needed and, that step to get. Yes. But like you said, I had to start somewhere, you know, being terrible and, and all that. Being able to look back and see the growth happen is really motivating for me. Being able to look back and be like, wow, I really have improved. Yeah. And like you said, it can be applied to anything that you're learning and any ambition that you have. Just having benchmarks and seeing the growth that you've had. But like you said, Steph, more importantly, you have to start. You have to mm-hmm. start somewhere. Nobody starts at the top. Nobody starts and they're good out right away. It takes time. I think that's cool you said, thinking about the different benchmarks. I never really thought about that. I've seen people who are like on their fitness journey, they're always like, take pictures and then you'll see your progress over time. I never like really thought about it in other aspects, how helpful it really is, like in creative endeavors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard when you look at your original projects and then you see how far you've come. Yeah. yeah. It's hard because creative stuff is so abstract, right? Yeah. So where are the benchmarks? But if you, you know, you know, you see the improvement and the growth in those things. And so. I think that's also key too. Like the only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself, not other people. Mm-hmm. Like I know I was, when I was going to take my camera roll the other day, I saw like my first ever like pole video, my first ever flow video at your house, Chloe. And now, like when you taught me how to use your hoop and I literally was oh, like, yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> and now I'm like, wow, I can be so much more. Yeah. Learning is fun. Yes. Also like confident, confidence is key, but confidence also comes over time. Of course, when you're not great at something, you're not going to feel super confident <laughs> about it, but it is all about the learning. It's about like having something to look forward to and having the, the goal, you know, to look forward to and getting better. I'm feeling inspired, Andrew. I know, right? That's good. <laughs> this is I'm going to go home and do learn. something. Learn. <laughs> well, then my whole production journey has been worth it. To you should be a motivational others. speaker. Yeah. Well, you're achieving the dream. True. Also, you said earlier that you have been doing things with string instruments, and do I hear like a Princess Raver violin <gasps> Andrax right. collab that situation? So That's a good point. Cool. I never thought that. We could do that. Yeah. We could definitely do something. To anyone who's unaware, I played violin for. I love the mix between like classical and dubstep, like when those two things are put together. Yeah. Like it's just so cool, and I don't know why. I think it's just super cool in any creative endeavor seeing different disciplines or areas intertwine and. It's just really cool. Yeah. Like the one time I was playing violin and Chloe came and flowed and we were like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> and don't gloss over the fact though. You're actually really good at the violin. She's amazing at She's violin. very good. It's so don't let actually take insane. that lightly. Yes, yeah. Nice. <laughs> one day you guys will hear her play the violin. You better. We'll make a Lindsay Sterling type deal. <laughs> yes, I'd be totally down for that. Well, thank you so much for being here with us, Absolutely. Andrew, or shall we say Andrax. <laughs> Do you want to give a little insight into what they're about to hear? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so this one I actually uh, did for a competition um, for the artists on the Rushdown label. And they have a lot of color-based artists on there. And they provided a sample or two that I used and had to manipulate it into a full tune. 
Um, unfortunately, I didn't win, but I learned so much by doing it. I so happy I did it. And again, using your failure um, as like a benchmark or things that you can improve on. For one, it's actually the first official song I've ever completed. So I'm really excited about Congratulations. that. And having the competition push me to, you know, create a whole song has been really awesome. And I tried a lot of different things and having a deadline too, it's really yeah. difficult to have something in by a day, but it really yeah. pushed me to finish it. But, um, Wait, did you say a day? Oh, oh, okay. okay. Uh, I was like, wow, that's, you know, sometimes there are expedited competitions. So I didn't know if that was like one of them. Like I know I've seen video competitions, people have to make like a short film in a day. Yeah. Yeah. They'll sometimes have challenge where it's just like a two hour, you have two hours to do this. I'd still be sitting at a blank screen. (laughs) Those are still fun to test your capabilities. But, um, yeah, this one, I really went with the more color based aspects. Like I said, you're going to hear, um, there, it's a heavier sound than it would be that you'd hear something in melodic dubstep, but it's mixed with melodic tonalities that come out in the basses. Um, and I also used some p- sample packs that are um, really clear and well recorded. And yeah, it was just a fun journey to record, and I hope everybody likes it. So, where can we find you on social media? Um, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much all the mainstream ones like YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. SoundCloud, um, and I'll actually, my Instagram is Andrax Music, no spaces, no underscores or anything, it's just Andrax Music, and I'll have a link tree in there for all my other, other socials that you can follow. Yeah, that's Andrax Music, A-N-D-R-A-X-M-U-S-I-C. I hope you all got that and you're all typing it in right now, go give them a follow, <laughs> be, and it'll be in our bio too, we'll, right. we'll put it down there. Yeah, I appreciate all the support, and hopefully I can keep putting out tunes for everybody. We know you will. Yeah, so this is In My Heart by me, Andrax. I hope you all enjoy. Feel 
So that amazing tune you just heard was called In My Heart by Andrax. And Andrew, thanks again for coming on. We really love chatting with you and we really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm feeling super inspired and I know a lot more about you and I'm excited to see everything else that happens in your music career. Well, thank you both so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. I'm happy to finally come on for our show. Keep, Keep on, on headbanging. Bye, bass babes.